What is the opposite of this band name? Rush. Uh, what is the opposite of Rush? Slow. The band. I'm trying to think what would the, I guess it depends on where you're using it. Rush something. You're going to rush the stage. It could be a verb. Right. Or a noun. Ooh, maybe, I bet they were high and they were like, bro, it's a verb and a noun. <laughs> so that's got to be our band name. I do wish that we had an origin story for every band we ever covered. As far as like a name. Oh, that Morrissey oh, origin like story that we came up with was amazing. What's the origin story for Rush? Okay, definitely drugs involved. Uh, Atlas Shrugged and Pot. For sure. Basically, there is this Ayn Rand fan who has some stoner friends who are too high to pay close <laughs> attention to the lyrics that this guy's <laughs> writing. And next thing you know, they're... Playing uh, music gives me a rush. Rash. I don't know. I guess I just don't get it. Uh, How many people call them rash? Misprints are a very common thing in the world. Rash. Your favorite band is rash? You have a rash? I would rather have a rash than listen, listen to, to rush. rush. Yeah. I think I got a rash Dude, from actually, listening to rush. I just got hives a couple weeks ago. Do you remember that yeah, shit? I yeah. just had it. It sucked a lot now that I'm thinking about it. Probably heard rush that day. See? Mm. See, that's probably what happened. I feel like you should blame a band. We should, from now on, anything bad that happens <laughs> in our lives, we should just blame a random band for it. To be fair, it's possible that Rush never really had a chance with me because of the way I was introduced to the band. The introduction? Yeah. This is my origin story with Rush. I can tell that. <laughs> Where did it all start for you, Tyler? Share with the crowd. Well, and sorry if I've told this story before in another episode. I don't, I don't know so. how it may have come up, but it's a thing that might happen. Uh, briefly, the first time I heard Rush and knew that I was hearing Rush, you know, I'd heard them before and not known the name of the band I was hearing. Which I feel like is very common. Yeah. I saw some kids that I'd gone to school with a few years earlier. They were all living in their first apartment together. It was the place we all went to smoke weed and play video games after you're not supposed to live in your parents' house anymore. You know the drill. And I hadn't seen these guys in a couple years. I'm about 17 maybe. And I'd been on tour for a couple years at this point, actually. So I show up at this apartment and they're talking about how awesome Rush is you need to listen to rush tyler listen to rush it's this older band you know older from at this point 20 years earlier and i'm like y'all know they were making music in the 30s right these guys just, what, I, yeah <laughs> they were making music when jesus was alive. yeah it's these guys are like older and then older. they just they just found out about them so they feel like they've discovered <laughs> some relic some right. artifact and uh and this is where they fuck up they tell me that rush is basically the canadian version of led zeppelin yeah that's super common. Right off the bat, I'm expecting this to at least be pretty kick-ass, you know? A couple of solid, really good riffs yeah, in there. and I'm pretty <laughs> sure some of these songs are going to be about fucking. That's true. <laughs> they play Limelight for me. <laughs> I am not amused. I'm pretty sure they're fucking with me. You know, good one, guys. And But they're all so committed to this. Well, the reason why I'm sure they're fucking with me, for anyone who hasn't heard Rush, uh, the way every instrument is recorded on every single Rush album, the production is hilariously bad. The guitar always sounds like shit. The drums sound awful. The bass will actually make you laugh. Like when you hear the dude start playing bass, you're gonna start laughing at how dumb it is. And then this Wicked Witch of the West sounding motherfucker <laughs> starts yelping at you about the underlying theme It's like uh, of the universal dream or whatever the fuck. It's like if you, it's like the Banshee, but worse. Basically like the band took the sexiness of rock and roll, sucked 
the life out of it. Yeah, it's like they took all the sexiness out of Dungeons and Dragons. I just picture somebody sitting at a computer listening to Led Zeppelin and going, I have an idea for a band. This is what birthed out of that. They definitely heard Led Zeppelin oh, and decided, they, yes. yeah. yeah. Well, the Canadian, I guess, the, the Canadified, what's the word I'm looking for? Is there? A, it's Canidification. 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 They did, they took Led Zeppelin and Canidified it. Canucked it. There you go. They Canucked it in the ass, Mark. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> took Led Zeppelin and Canucked it in the ass. Ah. <laughs> uh. The guitar solo in Limelight is one of the worst solos that you'll ever hear. I don't know if you're familiar, but go listen to it. It sounds like the guys in the band decided they were going to go in the studio individually and record their part while imagining what they thought the other guys were going to play. <laughs> <laughs> I think Getty's going to play this. Yeah, so but but play not this. actually hearing anything. <laughs> They're all playing totally random shit. Just compiled into a song. It's weird. And if you think what he's actually playing on guitar is cool, then you really need to find out who Adrian Ballou is. Is because Alex Lifeson for sure knew who Adrian Ballou, one of the guitar players of King Crimson, definitely knew who that guy was when he did this solo. Yeah, a band traditionally comes together to create the music. Rush feels like each person in the band just wants to get off, relating yeah. themselves while they're playing. Look how fucking good I am at my instrument. And then someone just jams it all together and says, look at this song. But they're really just jerking off about how great they are at their instruments the whole fucking time. I just realized I was holding my hand in the air like I'm sitting in church <laughs> I right was now because you're testifying. <laughs> yes, that is, that is exactly it. Uh, most prog bands even have the manners to hang out in the back playing something that sounds like they know the same songs while one person is doing that at a time. One person goes up front and jerks off at a time in most prog bands. Not the case here. You're right. Typical is like, okay, here's yeah. the the crazy drum part or the crazy bass part. This band kind of just beat I, off on top of each other. Also, they're not very good at their instruments. This is the definition of a circle jerk. Yeah. Google image search it. <laughs> <laughs> Please definitely do that. So that's the first Rush song that I hear. This is your introduction. Yeah, yeah. I'm just positive that my friends are fucking with me, but they're not. They really like it. I later learn that the song Limelight is from the eighth album that Rush was allowed to make. These guys should have been a much better band than they were at this point, and they never got any better is the thing. I know that a lot of people listening to this were told and still operate under the delusion that each one of these guys is top five all time on their instrument. That is nowhere near the case. None of them are even top 10 on their respective instruments. This is nowhere near the 10th best bass player or drummer or guitar player or singer or keyboard player if you want to go there. I don't, I, I, I'm not a musician. I do have drummer friends that love Rush for some reason. And I guess it's because it's just like this crazy drumming stuff. It's really not that crazy. I know, but that's the thing is to me, I'm like, I don't, I, I think the drummer for Dave Matthews band is more interesting than any prog rock band. I don't know. It seems like creative and fun. This seems like mathematical and like, it's like listening to an Excel spreadsheet. Well, here's something that may seem unrelated, but I think might actually be applicable is how many people get told how good of a drummer Phil Collins is. People hear Phil Collins is one of the great drummers, and he's not. Phil Collins is actually a very, very bad drummer. Mm -hmm. If you're going around thinking that Phil Collins is good, when you hear Neil Peart, it's going to rock your world. Sure. I get that. Yeah. But what I'm saying... I guess it depends on what you define as what's a good drummer. Is just playing a ton of shit really fast? Look how fast oh, I can play my fucking drums. Ha <laughs> ha Even if you're that... Have you seen Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. The TV show Freaks yeah, and Geeks? Yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen Freaks and Geeks, it's a really good TV show. A lot of the actors and writers and producers that are 
are the most successful these days making all the comedy shit. They're in this show. This is like their breakout thing. This is not an ad. I wish, yo, Freaks and Geeks hit us up. No, they uh, very famously have had struggles, that show, because they use so many songs on the soundtrack that just getting the DVDs licensed and out hard. was such a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, this was a hard show to see for a long time, so I really wouldn't. Yo, like, and hence why people keep asking why we don't have sound clips. It's just because we don't want to go through that. We also want people to enjoy listening to this podcast. I mean, I don't know. I think there's, there's something to the fact that I'd like to torture people. It would be fun. Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple times, that you'd like to torture people. Yeah, so? So one of my favorite scenes in the TV show Freaks and Geeks is when the dad hears one of his kid's friends listening to Rush and starts talking about how the drummer is terrible. Do you remember that part? No, but yes. I take your word for it. And the kid is, what's his name? Jason Siegel, mm -hmm. that actor? Yes. Yeah, it's him as a kid, an early role for him. The dad takes him into the other room and plays some Gene Krupa for him. Mm -hmm. Jazz drumming, which mm -hmm. I know you I hate jazz, yeah. But no one could possibly hear Gene Krupa and right. then hear Neil Peart and be like, dude from Canada is definitely better. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like drums are rhythm, the rhythm section of a band. It's just like so mathematical and droney. This also could be because you're listening to more than one Rush song in a row for this because if you listen to two or three Rush songs in a row, it all starts to sound the same. This is a very monotonous band, especially after they started recording much longer songs. Mm -hmm. It all sounds the same because it, well, I mean, we'll get into that. So the scene in Freaks and Geeks, the kid listening to Rush thinks he's going to be a drummer one day and that listening to Rush is going to somehow make him good at drums. Mm -hmm. Before the dad tells his kid how awful of a drummer Neil Peart is, he's like, you mean practice is good? gonna make you good at drums right like shouldn't you be practicing if you want to be good at drums mm. not just sitting around listening to music oh by the way that drummer that you're listening to is terrible kids like what this guy's one of the best ever he thought that this dad was just old and didn't get it and a lot of rush fans act that way when you start to criticize Fuck rush it. A, a lot a hundred percent you simply aren't capable of understanding that rush is actually the best band on the planet 99% of the comments that we're going to get from this episode are going to be exactly that, word for word. Yeah, you guys are dumb. They're yes. the best band. Yes. So this is another common theme that I saw when reading about Rush and looking at the comments about Rush. They're talented musicians. That doesn't make them good. Well, they're not that talented, though. Even if you do think of them all as being individually super talented, that doesn't mean they can put together songs right. that are memorable and likable and enjoyable to listen to. A lot of people are really good at instruments but can't write songs. Very bad songwriters. They just writers. got lunged to the top of the heap even though they couldn't write good songs to save their life. Right. I doubt that Rush would be listenable even if they had the best songwriters on the planet working for them. Because... They're really just not that good. I don't see this being a pleasant listening experience, no matter who's writing their material. Actually, I think one of their biggest songs, they worked with some poet, yeah. and it's still awful. Being able to play an instrument is not the same as being able to write a song. That's definitely true. I think people like Rush because they can air drum. How many car accidents have there been because of Rush? Because you know people just destroy their steering wheels playing drums. Oh. Air drums on their, you know what I mean? Like how many people doing this stupid drum solo part got in a car accident, smashed into somebody because they weren't driving, they were playing drums on their fucking steering wheel. That's what I'm realizing is really unfortunate about the stage of history that we're in right now. Everyone who's died doing that died so they couldn't tell us what song they were listening to. We'll never know. Because <laughs> I would like to know what bands have killed the most people. Sure. Rush has got to be up there. I bet Outkast, hey, uh, took a lot of motherfuckers out. Sure. Because we had smartphones by then, and people were taking selfies of their dumbasses, shaking it like a Polaroid picture. Yeah, while, while driving. driving. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that Rush may be one of the best examples of why it's a waste of time to even think about why you do or don't like something. People sit around and think about, I like this because this, 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 and this, and I don't like this because this and that. Total foolishness. It's got to be a law of nature that people just like what they like, and sometimes there aren't any good reasons for it. Uh Because there are no legitimate reasons to like Rush. I can't imagine there were very many people who ever didn't like Rush and then sure. started liking Rush. No, no. I think Rush fans no. are born. That's fair. You don't develop a taste in Rush. It's like how 10% of the population hates cilantro. Do you know mm-hmm. about yeah, this? Yeah, because it tastes soap. It tastes like soap to them. But it's also soap in the middle of an otherwise normal and pleasant meal that you're having. Mm-hmm. So it's worse than just the taste of soap. It's yeah. soap that just ruins your fucking day <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> you take a bite of the burrito and it has cilantro and you're like, oh my God, there's just right. soap on this burrito. So Rush is like the opposite of the cilantro of music because only 10% of the population likes it. But for the rest of us, it's just soap in the middle of our otherwise normal and pleasant yeah. meal, which is me walking around having my day happen to me or for me or however it's going that particular day. And then I hear some rush out of nowhere. Yeah. If you're in the 10% born to hate cilantro, it's probably one of your least favorite flavors in the world. Mm. So if you flip that for the 10% of people born to like rush, they don't just like it. They think it's the best shit ever. Mm-hmm. If you like rush, you think they're the best band. You don't just like them. No, it's true for sure 100% and they think everyone else hating Rush is somehow evidence that Rush is good it's like a I don't get that people that believe in conspiracy theories no matter how much evidence you show them that what they believe is incorrect it actually reinforces oftentimes what they think or feel about what they're saying Rush is the opposite of cilantro of music this concludes my argument (laughs) I believe the science will bear it out on top of that there's this martyr complex you're attacking me I feel persecuted for thinking this way which reinforces it even more and it's obvious that Rush fans feel disliked whether they are or not on an individual basis is obviously an entirely different conversation that we wouldn't have time for but it's clear that Rush fans feel disliked because there's nothing else in these lyrics to connect to other than how much you need to focus on being an individual and not conforming to society and staying true to yourself like Ayn Rand would want you to do that kind of shit that's all these lyrics are about and there would be no reason to enforce those ideas so strongly and frequently if there wasn't a self-perception of them being attacked all the time people are constantly fighting me on this and I need to remind myself of it constantly I mean press play on almost any Rush song and what do you think those lyrics are about people don't like me but I don't care (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's funny. I'm listening. Keep going. I like this. The lyrics are tailor-made by and for people who self-identify as outsiders. They clutch their guns and put on their... I'm trying to picture like the typical Rush fan. Oh, dude. Mustache. Definitely have a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Mustache. Look at old pictures of Neil Peart. Dudes who listen to this band think that Rush and Neil Peart are the pinnacle of masculinity. Yeah. Here comes that mustache. And by the way, I now drive a Trans Am. (laughs) Still. (laughs) Rush 8-track in the player only, buddy. The 8-track was the most manly playing device. Still wear their same shirt that they wore in 1976. And if you want to talk about conspiracy theories, try this one on. None of that shit works if there's a perception of the band being being popular. 
Mm-hmm. All of this we're outsider shit only works if there's a perception of this being one of the most hated bands in America. So it would not surprise me if Rush hired a fucking anti-publicist, <laughs> if that's even a thing, to yeah. wage this years-long campaign about Rush being such a terrible band because they are so hated. It's such a part of their story. It would be impossible for that to not be deliberate, right? Yeah. Everyone loves the underdog, maybe. It, they've made a career they, out of yeah, being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definite their uh, PR people for sure have capitalized on that. Absolutely. And if their music wasn't so fucking awful, I might actually believe that conspiracy. So we have new T-shirts, but I just realized: can we say how how specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts? Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain 90s grunge rock band uh, and or another famous rock band from the across the pond. It rhymes with <laughs> the bowling bones. The bowling bones. Yeah. Shmirvana. <laughs> <laughs> Shmirvana. Come on down to yfbspod.com. Merch store. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a flag. Buy a pin. Buy a sticker. But the music is just that bad. Which record? I mean, there's a hundred of oh, them. Yeah, there are too there's many. 300 years of records here. This is one of the bands that we're not going to be able to talk about every album for sure. They made a record all the way up to 2012. Oh, I didn't even fucking know. I have some good news for you, though. As of January 2018, they've yeah. announced... It's over. They aren't going to make us listen to this shit anymore. Thank God. It's fantastic, in my personal opinion. Oof. Okay, here's a question. What percentage of Rush fans... You think need dick pills? Ooh, this sounds like a real personal question. I don't. Do you know someone? I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and By say. By the way, we're saying dick pills to get a boner or dick pills. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Boner pills. Not. I wish I had a bigger pecker pills. I'm gonna say 100. percent Aren't boner pills inherently? I wish I had a bigger pecker pills. I wish my pecker worked. Right. Pills. Well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm just gonna say it. I, I I think that Viagra should sponsor the next Rush tour because they're gonna do everyone does the oh, fucking yeah, yeah. comeback tour, mm-hmm. and they should just be like sponsored by Viagra because 100 percent of the people. There's first of all, no women. One percent of the crowd is women. This is a very famous thing about Rush. I sent you that picture. Someone took a picture of the bathrooms at a Rush yeah. concert. The line for the men's room was way long. Not a single person yeah. anywhere near the women's restroom. It was zero. Place. And I think possibly, I don't know for a fact, but possibly one of the reasons is also the reason why it would be pretty strange for Viagra to have anything to do with the brand of Rush. Rush has no songs about having sex. That's that's actually fair. I didn't think about that. It's the least sexy thing. No one says, I'm going to get laid tonight and throw on some Rush. No. Nobody. That doesn't happen. Never happened in the history of humankind. Any Rush fan who's ever gotten laid rushed to if- climax <laughs> would be my guess. Fair enough. Uh... What were we talking about right before that? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're not going to be able to talk about every album yeah. for sure. But maybe if we ever run out of bad bands to do episodes on, we'll come back and hit the discographies of some of the worst So basically, ones. probably never. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite amount of bad music to talk about. But that would take us a year. We could do a podcast every week for a year and barely scrape the surface of what is Rush. I could spend the rest of my life talking about how bad 2112 is. Which is the fourth record released in 1976. Yeah, we would hit a very big speed bump on that one, my friend. And that's only four albums in. There's one problem with my cilantro argument, maybe. Turns out that Rush is one of the 100 best-selling bands in America, according to the RIAA. Really? Well, I mean, they put out records for 100 years. One caveat here. I don't know what percentage of the population was ever buying music. 
I don't know if 10% of the population is even into buying music ever or ever was. I know for a fact that it was only ever a fraction of the people spending money on sports, for instance. Mm -hmm. My cilantro theory may still be good here. But yeah, apparently Rush is in the top 100 for sales. That's crazy. But I mean, if it's just cumulative over 30, 40 years as a band, 40 years, and however many records and live recordings, just statistically, if you put out something for 40 years, you're going to sell a lot. I would want to see where they are on the list and have some examples for context, but that's also probably boring. Yeah. I think that Rush could be best described as approximately better than ACDC at playing their instruments. Boring. Way more boring. And a much worse listening experience. Tighter, but... I would argue that ACDC is tighter. They sound like they're playing together all the time. Rock solid in sync. ACDC is obviously a trillion times better than Rush, which is maybe why ACDC is in the top 10 best-selling bands of all time in America. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's any way Tool could have ever existed without Rush. No way. No, there's probably an extensive list of bands, including Tool for sure. Any fake prog, wannabe prog anything is going to be related to Rush. There are a lot of other kinds of bands who like Rush too. Like Jane's Addiction loves Rush. I don't get it. Primus loves Rush. That makes sense. Red Hot Chili Peppers like Rush. That doesn't Ma- make sense. Maybe it's a bass That's player weird. thing. Yeah, it's kind uh, of Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine, Smashing Pumpkins, all these awful bands yeah. love Rush. <laughs> they all have one thing in common. I actually could see some of that. Some of those I don't get at all. Red Hot Chili Peppers, what? It's got to be like we're in the bass player club. I get that. I don't know. That's weird. It could be Flea and Getty Lee having a little. I just think that these fucking rock bands like to look at old rock bands and go, oh my God, I love that band when I was a kid. Uh." (laughs) Well, there was like 10 rock bands in fucking 1920s. So, well, yeah, of course you liked them because there was only a couple of them to like. This shit went down. It wasn't hard to be a big rock band in 1960, whatever, when they came out. In Canada. Come on. Dude. What was the heavy competition in fucking Canada? None. All these guys' first concerts were in high school gymnasiums and churches and shit because there literally were not venues to play in. Yeah. There's zero competition. These guys had amplifiers. Those were the qualifications. They had amps. I grew up listening to Rush. Of course you did. There was like five bands. Unlike Jason Siegel and Freaks and Geeks, you didn't have one of your friend's cool dad show you a real drummer. SoundCloud didn't exist to experience other music. I started talking about Ayn Rand and I know people are losing their shit about it so we got to talk about Ayn Rand now every libertarian is uh, oh man leaving us a message I don't know how it would be possible to have ever looked at the lyrics to a Rush song and not know this but yes Rush's lyrics are heavily influenced by the philosophy of Ayn Rand the hypocrisy of Ayn Rand as we said this Neil Peart all right I, can't, I gotta stop doing it we know that Neil Peart is how you pronounce Peart. his real name yeah Neil Peart. We said we were going to try to say Pert the whole time to make it. Because all you lazy (laughs) Americans never learned his real name because he's fucking Canadian. Well, I can't do it. I should have misspelled it. He's probably French, I assume. I should have misspelled it on all the outlines that we're looking at and everything, (laughs) but I keep seeing it spelled correctly. Yeah, it's Neil Peart, which, by the way, dude, two E's, not E-A, maybe. Like, you should probably change it if maybe that's why this guy's so pissed off. He's been having his name pronounced for 40 years. That just occurred to me. I can't believe <laughs> that. Song. That's why he writes the songs he's written forever. I can't believe I've been thinking about Rush to come in here and record this, and it never occurred to me that all of this persecution complex stuff could come from the fact that no one says this guy's name right ever. He's just pissed off all the time. 
He is in a constant state of anger because no one pronounces his name correctly. That's kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> Motherfuckers can't even say my name right. Yeah, sorry, Neil Peart. We were doing it on purpose. <laughs> Neil Peart wrote a lot of Rush's lyrics, and this is also one of the major arguments that Rush fans make for this band. I don't know if you've seen this, but they'll commonly come at you with, oh, yeah, well, did you know that the drummer writes most of the songs? as if that's unheard of or even special at all for someone who's not the singer to write the lyrics. Have these jackoffs never heard of Black Sabbath? A million bands that they love and listen to. And the producer wrote the lyrics. Yo, have you ever listened to the second verse of Faithfully by Journey? I have it right here. Circus life under the big top world. We all need the clowns to make us smile. Through space and time, always another show. Wondering where I am, lost without you. And being apart ain't easy on this love affair. Two strangers learn to fall in love again. I get the joy of rediscovering you. Oh girl, you stand by me. I'm forever yours. Faithfully. Written by the fucking keyboard player. Yeah, bingo. He got a divorce after the song came out, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was talking about his girlfriend. So when we're talking about how awful Rush lyrics are, we're almost always talking about Neil Peart. Earlier when I was making fun of Getty Lee singing the words to Limelight, he was probably singing lyrics that Neil wrote. Cast in this unlikely role, ill-equipped to act, with insufficient tact. One must put up barriers to keep oneself intact. It's about how much it sucks to be so incredibly famous. What? This guy's clearly walking around like, yeah, I'm so famous. Funny. You think Getty Lee ever at any point was like, what am I singing? Yeah, I do think so, because at one point, Rush came under some heat from some people who thought that they were Nazis because of the lyrics. And I, I believe Getty Lee is related to Holocaust survivors. I could be mistaken wow. about that. Okay. I mean, I know that Getty Lee is Jewish, so that mm -hmm. definitely fucked with him. Here's some more lyrics from Limelight. Check this out. Living in a fisheye lens, caught in the camera eye. I have no heart to lie. I can't pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. So this is fans coming up to him, bothers him so much, I guess. But the individual members of Rush are not that famous. No. These guys are barely famous. <laughs> this would make sense if someone as famous as Justin Bieber were singing it. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that's why he sings the way he sings. People like say he wails. I wonder if it's because he's really just forcing it because he doesn't actually believe what he's saying in these songs. He doesn't actually identify with what he's saying. Oh, that could be. So Neil writes the songs, yeah. the lyrics, and he's singing them and he's like, okay, I guess I have to sing it. Like I care, but I don't. Yeah, they're just sounds yeah. that Getty is making. They're not yeah. words. He's not connected right. to them. There's no real passion behind it because he just doesn't necessarily believe what he's saying. That is a very valid hypothesis. This band didn't even become a successful band until the image became about artwork. They commissioned artwork and put that on the albums mm -hmm. and ran huge marketing campaigns featuring this cool artwork. You know, like how Led Zeppelin had the Icarus logo, yeah. the Rolling Stones had the tongue, yeah. branding. These guys are not attractive physically, sorry, that's just a fact no. of nature. They were never gonna make it on looks. Mm -hmm. They're not cool. There's no way to make There's them no cool. There's no sex appeal at all. So you gotta Zero. go full in the other direction yeah. and do the tool thing. Maynard hiding in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what Rush did earlier. They hid behind imagery and fantastic stories and epic blah, blah, blah. As such, these guys can definitely go to the grocery store without being recognized. For sure. As long as they don't wear a kimono with a dragon on it or anything else <laughs> that they've worn in their press photos. <laughs> when you see like live footage or pictures of them, it looks um 
they're dorks. They look like normal dad, literally dressed like dads at the grocery store. And they never did look cool. And they knew that. I'm not saying. That's why though you would never know. They literally look like any other dad on a Sunday at the grocery store. You wouldn't know them. If I, if I ran into Getty Lee, I wouldn't know who he was. If you ran into Getty Lee now, you would say, excuse me, ma'am. Do you need help crossing the street? <laughs> right. He looks like a grandma. He always sang like one, but he looks like a grandma. Yeah. Basically, Neil Peart has to say hi to three Rush fans one time, and all of a sudden he's persecuted <laughs> by fame and writing songs about it. I hate being famous. It sucks. <laughs> we have 25 fans. Can you fucking believe this shit? He walks into Comic-Con. Next thing you know, yeah. persecuted by fame. <laughs> also, at the time, how would even people know what they look like besides maybe some yeah, magazines? No, no internet. Right, exactly. There wasn't a million things that people put their image out there now. Didn't exist back then. A shit ton of people listened to Rush on the radio not knowing anything what they looked like. Guarantee most people knew the lyrics to this song before they ever knew what he looked like. A majority of people. With Rush, obviously Getty Lee's vocals are terrible and the bass playing is silly, but half this band's guitar riffs are the same guitar riff. He, he just keeps using the same guitar riff over and over. If you listen to the first riff on the very first album, the song is called Finding My Way, that guitar riff is all over this band's whole discography. He just keeps using it over and over. It, it was there from the beginning and it never went away. And it's for sure a ripoff of a Led Zeppelin guitar riff. And the Led Zeppelin riff was already a ripoff of some say. old blues <laughs> riff. But I'm here to tell you the similarities to Zeppelin end right there. Don't get me wrong. I can hear that Rush is trying to sound like Led Zeppelin because that's what they sound like. They sound like a band that's trying to sound like Led Zeppelin. They don't sound like Led Zeppelin. I like how the Wikipedia page for him says, during his adolescent years, he was influenced by Jimi Hendrix, no. Pete Townsend, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, and Jimmy Page. And Jimmy Page. Uh, like it's an afterthought. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's the last one listed. <laughs> it should just be Jimmy Page. Yeah. Some major <laughs> fan is sick to death of every time he brings Rush up around someone who knows what they're talking about. About that person being like, have you ever heard Jimmy Page play guitar before? <laughs> List off some other guitar players there, just so it doesn't just look like he just yeah. ripped off Jimmy Page. If you go check the revision history on Wikipedia, there's some fan <laughs> that just keeps moving Jimmy Page to the further, end. Further down. Yeah, to the end of the list. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just add in other guitar players that existed before him. Yeah, yeah, he was influenced for sure. The whole first Rush album is terrible. Everything sounds bad. The lyrics are stupid. The effects that they're using were already cheesy at the time, so they really sound bad now. The the whole thing's just trash, but some DJ in Cleveland starts playing the song Working Man on the radio. Mm -hmm. And people who were too stupid to remember they'd heard Black Sabbath before lost their minds. This is fucking amazing! Yeah. What? <laughs> what is this? He's singing the guitar riff! <laughs> Blowing my mind! There's like six rock bands that exist at the time. Yeah, you want to hear a list of bands you should listen to instead of Rush? Try T-Rex on for size. <laughs> listen to Blue Cheer, Thin Lizzy, listen to Molly Hatchet, don't be afraid of some southern rock now yeah what journey is better than rush you're gonna get flamed for that one dicks is better sticks. than rush. <laughs> holy I, shit yes listen to wow. sticks instead of rush oh for my sure 100 percent. yes what about yes yes yeah there yes. you go all right yes <laughs> Yes, listen to Yes. Well, a few years after this, Rush definitely heard Yes. We're going to get into that. I just like the quick side. I'm glad that Thin Lizzy is called that and not just Sticks or Yes or Rush or all these other one name random band. Just a nice breakup of that theme. It's nice when someone names their band instead of just picking a word. Have that one. <laughs> Rush. That's what it feels like. We're going to name our band Sticks, but we're going to spell it with a Y. Ha ha. Got you, bitches. Has anyone named their band Bitches yet? 
I, well, if not, you should use it. That would be a fucking awesome band name. Somebody should take all the things that we've recommended in every episode and actually do them. We've given away so many There's good ideas. So many good ideas. Okay, uh, like I said earlier, we can't talk about every album, but the first song on the second album starts with the same guitar riff. Do you think they're just messing with us? Well, one of two things. They are just messing with us or they legitimately, that just shows how talentless and- I'll give it to you. The the drums in the intro sound real crazy, but they're also mixed to take up like half of the stereo space of the song. Mm-hmm. It's some uh, hi-fi test record shit, you know, yeah. like sound effects stuff. That's not, that's not music. That's not a band. That's wowing you with a thing that we can do with technology. Mm-hmm. Cool. Neil Peart had nothing to do with that. Right. The song's called Anthem. The lyrics make Neil Peart seem like a very not fun person to be around. Here are the lyrics. Live for yourself. There's no one else more worth living for. Begging hands and bleeding hearts will only cry out for more. He's just a prick. That's that Ayn Rand shit, man. Though I know they've always told you selfishness is wrong, yet it was for me, not you. I came to write this song. Fuck you. What a dick. Fuck all the way off. Is this the first song of their second album? First song of the second album. You're not that deep into this yet. No. I didn't do this for you. I'm doing it for me. Good, because you're the only one paying attention at this point, guy. Yeah. No one's even paying attention to you. No wonder people back then thought they were assholes and they didn't like them. Fly By Night is such a horrible song. Listening to the whole song is not fun. Getty Lee sounds like a very small dog yapping the entire time. Like every other song. The lyrics are, it's time I was king now, not just one more pawn. So again, Neil Peart clearly has some sort of superiority complex against all other humans from the jump. And I'm convinced that he edits his own Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm convinced. Blender said they were the 40 worst lyrics of all time. Uh, However, one of music's most accomplished lyricist. Gibson.com describes Rush's lyrics as great and others believe the lyrics are quote, brilliant. Others? Who others? They're just random people. Can you tell me real fast, if you go back and look at great and brilliant in what you just read, are those the only words in quotes in those sentences? Yes. So it's like, quote, great, end quote, quote, brilliant, end quote. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do when you don't want to include the whole fucking quote. I don't even need to go look at what the full quote (laughs) is. Movies do that all the time. The reviewer at LA Times says, great. It's like, yeah, but what else did they say? It's like a three or four paragraph review. So good. So they picked out one word. It's so good. I like how it just says, and others. What others? <laughs> just others? These people are doing our jobs for us. He's doing it himself. It's so awesome. Thanks, bud. I need all the help I could get. <laughs> You're brilliant, dude. All you need to know about the third album is the band was certain that they had made a hit album, which makes sense if you go back and look at the lyrics that we just talked about. Dude's yeah. got a superiority complex, so he definitely handed that third album in like... <laughs> Nailed it. Boom. Yeah, it fucking tanked. <laughs> it was not a hit album. Most people hated it. Very few people bought it. So when Alex Lifeson talks about making the next album, which is 2112, he said, and I'm going to give you a good long quote here. I'll show you what you do when you want to use the whole quote when it really supports your argument. Alex says the band had conversations about whether or not they were, quote, going to try to make another mini Led Zeppelin record, 
end quote. That's a fucking quote. Or try to, okay, well, here's the thing. I almost said try to go in a new direction because that's what they and everyone else always say that the band did as they went in this new direction. You were talking about all the different eras that it shows on oh their Wikipedia God. page. It's annoying. Like they started doing this and then they started doing this and it was substantially different than it was before. That is a false narrative. Real quick, before we move on, I, because you mentioned it, we just have to run through them real quick. It could only take a second. There's only a hundred of them. By the way, I know someone's going to complain. We're just reading the Wikipedia article or whatever. Yeah. Motherfucker, you go read the Wikipedia article first. Now, pause this. Go read the whole fucking thing and yeah. then come back and tell us what we're taking from Wikipedia, what we aren't. <laughs> if anything, I just use it for like the simple outline. Yeah. The blues and hard rock years, followed by the progressive era, followed by the synthesizer oriented era. They added keyboards and now we've <laughs> got to talk about that like it's a whole new world. And then in 1989, they returned to guitar oriented sound Ooh. <laughs> and they went on hiatus. And then the comeback tour. God, and it keeps going. Time Machine Tour, Clockwork Angels, because they just keep putting out more music. The R42 which means 40 fucking years of rush. Look, also, this right here is definitive proof for a band's fan base being entirely out of control is if there are Wikipedia pages for each tour. Bob Dylan, there will be a Wikipedia page for every tour that he did. This is what he did on this tour. This is what he did on that tour. Yeah. That's how you know some shit is way bigger than it deserves to be because nothing should have that. Because it's ridiculous. It was for the people who were there and it wasn't for you. Yeah, honestly, did not know that Rush put out this many albums until I started researching. If you had told me they put out three albums in 40 years, I would have believed you. They only have five songs Be that you can play yeah, on the radio <laughs> without <laughs> dedicating a full block to it. And you, how many albums that are just so long and drawn out? The thing about Rush is, is it substantively sounds the same across their entire discography. And one of the main reasons is because this dude never got really better at guitar. Anyone who knows an octave chord when they hear one can't stand to listen to very many Rush songs in a row because it all starts to sound the same. They never got guitar riffs. All these guys did is double or triple how many times they repeat each section of the songs. I mean, if you listen to the song Lessons on 2112, I think, uh, this is obviously their version of something that would be on Led Zeppelin 3. They didn't make the songs longer and pack in more ideas into those songs. They just made the songs longer than they would have been and tripled everything that they would have done if it was shorter. Mm -hmm. And look, they're clearly high as shit, so if they figure out a thing that they can all play together, I'm sure they're gonna find a way to just hang out on that riff for a while because it's so, hard work coming up with new stuff. Are they all high or is it like half the band is high and Neil is just pissed off in the corner? Getty Lee always talks about when he's talking about certain phases of their career, when someone asks for an explanation, he'll say, I don't know, we were real high. I don't know specifically who that is. I could see Neil being straight edge. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, I feel like Neil is probably like dead sober, pissed off all the time. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like that's the guy who's like, I don't do drugs and sits in the corner all pissed off. I don't need that. I get high on testosterone. <laughs> so basically Rush kept trying to sound like Led Zeppelin. They just started trying to sound more and more like John Paul Jones Led Zeppelin instead of Jimmy Page Led Zeppelin. I gave myself one thing when I moved into this part of their career. I didn't make myself press play on any song that was longer than five minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're walking down the street, so it's, excuse me, sir, can I have a minute of your time? Maybe. Right. Uh, excuse me, sir, can I have five minutes of your time? Get the fuck away from me. No. <laughs> sir, can I have 11 minutes of your time no. to listen to this Rush song? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so 2112, right away, everyone listening to this, I promise you that you know someone who 2112 is the code to unlock their phone. If you're in a relationship with a person who listens to Rush and you somehow haven't figured it out yet, <laughs> It's 2112. <laughs> Steal their... Don't, actually, don't do that. Don't do that. Never mind. 
There's a whole story to the title track. Did you read any of this? No, no. All right. It's essentially the plot of a comic strip that I could see a 12-year-old kid sending into that magazine, Heavy Metal. Have you ever seen that magazine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with all the boobs and swords and outer oh, yeah. space. Sure. <laughs> you sound very familiar with this magazine, Mark. I, I'm very familiar with it, yeah. <laughs> I never, I need to read it. So it's I like know. the opposite of Playboy. You didn't buy it for the articles. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert, you don't need to read it. 2112 is set in a future where individualism and creativity are against the law. It's against the law to be an individual and it's against the law to create anything. Mm -hmm. This sucked when it was a book called Anthem by Ayn Rand. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't need to be side A of this album. Right. This is just his reading that bullshit. Listen to the rest of the story. Individualism and creativity are outlawed. Nobody's ever heard music before until the protagonist finds a guitar in a cave. Mm. But then there are these evil space priests who smash the guitar, blah, 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 blah. I'm pretty sure this is how kids get overprescribed medication. They start talking about shit like this where their parents can hear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's super reasonable to assume there are a lot of kids who got put on medication because their parents heard them telling their friends about the evil space priest from the future. There's got to be a pill to stop that. Honey, have you given him his medicine? <laughs> Here's another clue to how weird this shit. Here some of the lyrics. Look around this world we made. Equality, our stock and trade. Come and join the brotherhood of man. Oh, what a wide, contented world. So those lyrics are the space priest talking and they're saying they've made a world where everyone is equal and that's why the protagonist can't play his guitar. Mm -hmm. So this song is literally about musicians being superior beings. As soon as this person finds a guitar and starts playing it, he becomes better than everyone else and that's against the law. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plot of this album. I can't, dude. I can't. I can't. I, I should have done. I'm going to listen to this. Maybe do mushrooms and listen to this album. Maybe I'll get it. Or maybe I'll lose my mind. I didn't have to listen to it because it's a 20 minute long song. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Which is a lot longer than five okay. minutes. There's no way you listen to this song sober, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, if you, if you're. No way. Fuck no. If you're stockpiling goods in your <laughs> right. bunker for the nuclear fallout. Yeah, for sure. Okay, never. Even then it's background, but by, yeah. By the way, if you do have one of those nuclear fallout bunkers, get at us because we would also like to survive the apocalypse, <laughs> but we just want to sure. make fun of you until then. As long as you're cool with that. We promise to be real funny and we'll be nice to you after you save us from the apocalypse. We will continue this podcast long after the apocalypse if you let us. That's the first song on the album. It's 20 minutes long. It's about all that bullshit that I just said. The next song is about Bangkok, Thailand, and it's some half-assed Black Sabbath dumb shit. Pick a flavor, guys. Then on this album is another song called the. It's called the Twilight Zone. That sounds pretty original. It's obviously terrible. They switch between random guitar riffs like always. They have nothing to do with each other. There's a chorus that really has these words in it. You have entered the Twilight Zone. Beyond this world, strange things are known. Use the key. Unlock the door. See what your fate might have in store. Come explore your dream's creation. Enter this world of imagination. What? If you do what? enough. <laughs> what? Do they think the Twilight Zone is real? You never know, dude. Maybe it is real. What are these guys talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Psychedelics? Craziness? I feel like they should be medicated. Exactly. This is what happens. This is what happens. You're this right. is what happens. You're right. How many kids sat at the dinner table thinking, mom, dad, blah, 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 blah. And the parents are just like, don't leave your room. Neil Peer told me. It's pronounced Neil Peer, dad. You stay in your room until you turn that shit off. Immediately after 2112, 
Rush clearly heard the bands Yes and King Crimson. They start doing stuff that sounds like a band trying to sound like those bands. Mm -hmm. Again, I know fans think that I'm saying Rush started sounding like those bands. I'm not. They started sounding like they were trying and incapable of sounding like those bands. They didn't do it. <laughs> they start using words like Cygnus in their song titles to refer to black holes and all the shit stoners and dorks like to watch science fiction movies about until their dad comes home and yells at them. <laughs> I do think it is interesting when you look at the artwork, how much it changes. Oh, yeah. From 2112 on. It is like we need to be more. We need to distract them. It's just weird when you think of the progression. I think one of the biggest things they got from Yes was that they were allowed to have one pop song. Bingo. I was just going to say. Yeah. You go from writing like 20 minute songs. Closer to the heart. Which isn't even three minutes long. No. And it, this is clearly their version of the song by Yes, I've Seen All Good People, which yeah. is a longer song that had one of the sections taken out and used as a single, which was massive. But here's the thing. Rush had five years to improve on this formula and they turned in a worse song. They didn't improve on anything. Closer to the heart. It's awful. If you're a fan of this band, how do you not stop listening then? Because it's an obvious money grab. This is obvious. We want to get out of whatever world that we're living in. So you release Closer to the Heart. That's all that is. It's a song written to be put on the radio and expand your fan base. You have to stop listening at that point. You listen to Closer to the Heart and go, okay, fuck this band. We've been talking about how dorky Rush is the whole time. By far, the coolest thing about Rush is not I Love You, Man, where Paul Rudd and, again, Jason Segel, right? Isn't mm -hmm. that movie? Uh, try to make Rush cool. But uh, Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. Oh, yeah. He's a big fan of Rush. And you yeah. know what? Fine. If Bubbles is who Rush fans are, I guess it's fine. This music is for them. Maybe. That's who you're aspiring to be. His <laughs> Bubbles. Well, I can see people who connect with these lyrics. Because Closer to the Heart is still really about the whole staying true to yourself thing. Closer to the Heart doesn't mean have compassion for other human beings. If you look at the lyrics, it's all about like bringing your work closer to the heart. It's really still all about this industrialist shit. A human's value is only what they put into the world. And the more selfish they are, the more value. Does I don't Neil know. have friends, honestly? Oh, I don't know. Like, does anybody want to hang out with this guy? I picture him being some... He's like if Matthew McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused read 10 books. Constantly cruising by the high school. Oh, yeah. Teacher's telling you about that stuff. Well, have you ever read this? And then drop some heavy freshman year of college shit on him. School is a prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, know. I was actually trying to think of... I don't know. I just feel like he's probably not a very fun, nice person to hang out with. He's the kind of guy that at a party is always having super serious conversations. Oh. You can't enjoy anything because everything is just so serious. You're drinking a beer and he's like, did you know that the aluminum <laughs> industry harvests aluminum yeah. from the ground and blah, blah, blah. You know, your mind is a slave. To You're like, dude, shut the fuck up. I'm just wanting to drink a beer. Is that a BPA free cup? Did you know <laughs> that BPA? It lowers your sperm oh, yeah. count. It just seems like what he's like. Oh, you have a job. Did you know that your job enforces you're a slave to your company? Fact. <laughs> oh, you're drinking Mountain Dew. Did you know that yellow number five is going to cause you to have no sperm and reduce your testosterone levels? I would say from 2112 on, this band just leaned hard into the dork stuff. Overcomplicating things for the sake of overcomplicating them is just fucking annoying. Even songs that, uh, I was trying to think, songs that I didn't hate the melody or I thought they had okay hooks, all have these moments in the song of just like, why? Why is this here? Why not cut this song down by two fucking minutes yeah. and make it a regular song? There's so Every much of that. Every song has to have some crescendo of a, a craziness in it. The music is so 
monotonous and half the time it's just an excuse for Neil to give you some more Ayn Rand bullshit in case you haven't gotten the point already. The song Trees from the album Hemispheres. I see this one referred to as a fan favorite a lot by Rush fans. Listen to the lyrics of this song. So the maples formed a union and demanded equal rights. These oaks are just too greedy. We will make them give us light. Now there's no more oak oppression for they passed a noble law and the trees are all kept equal by hatchet, axe, and saw. Mm. Man. Nursery rhymes about how anyone who tries to help anyone is an asshole. Anyone who tries to help anyone is a parasite or some shit. Tell you, dude, this guy is not a fucking nice person to be around. But he clearly thinks that some people are better than others. And I would really like to get a clue as to what the parameters are. Because he never really seems to offer that information. It never goes you know, deeper than he that. Never, no, he's right. like, some people are better than others. Yeah. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're one of the people who are better than than others, but he doesn't really explain why. Neil, why don't you expand on that for us? Sometime around the Permanent Waves album, Rush starts adding reggae to the seemingly random sections of music that they like to call songs. Mm -hmm. Spirit of the Radio, this is one of the biggest hits that they had. When that song changes from one part to another, it sounds like someone changing the radio dial, which you could argue is part of a gimmick for that song, but most Rush songs sound that way. Most Rush songs, when they change from one section to the other, if you hired a DJ for a party and they mixed from one random song into another random song this jarringly, mm -hmm. you would go up and be like, bro, are you all right? Did you like <laughs> do a line right before this set? Because this is terrible and not what I paid you to do. You okay? You'd be pissed. Hell yeah. Here's some lyrics from Free Will. But seriously, if you ever listened to two Rush songs and didn't know that this philosophy was in this music, you should probably reevaluate your entire music collection because you might have some real fucked up shit that you don't even know about <laughs> in there. You're not paying close enough attention. It's possible that you own Pinkerton by Weezer. Lyrics from Free Will. You can choose a ready guide in some celestial voice. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You can choose from phantom fears and kindness that can kill. I will choose a path that's clear. I will choose free will. We fucking get it. Dude, <laughs> I get it. Please shut the... You have been going on about this for 15 years? Yeah, yeah. At this point? Yeah. Why? He right? really feels really strongly about it. Write a song about anything else. Literally any other topic at this point. So we were talking about what are the criteria here? There's a very uncomfortable reference in this song to quote, genetic blends with uncertain ends on a fortune hunt that's far too fleet, end quote. There is a line in there about uh, people all being in the same situation situation together, but bro, why are you talking about genetics right now in a discography full of lyrics about how some people are superior to others? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has anybody, I, 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 there's some weird shit here. It's not like he never tried to write on other subjects, but when he did, it was honestly even worse. Earlier, I read you some beautiful poetry from the keyboard player of Journey, the love song Faithfully. Yeah. Uh, nobody gives a fuck about the keyboard player of Journey's name. I don't know it. Sorry. Here's what a Neil Peart love song sounds like. You ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here are the lyrics. Quote, It went right by me at the time it went over my head. I was looking out the window. I should have looked at your face instead. It went right by me, just another wall. There should have been a moment when we let our barriers fall. 
I never meant what you're thinking. That is not what I meant at all. So romantic. This guy still sounds like an asshole who cannot admit when he's wrong. He can't even realize that he's wrong, let alone admit it. But also this is like a 10th grade, maybe 9th grade level. I was going to say. <laughs> yes. saying that. Here's some more lyrics. Check this out. Uh, quote, I find no absolution in my rational point of view. Maybe some things are instinctive, but there's one thing you could do. You could try to understand me. I could try to understand you. This is like dating a computer. It is. This is like a, if you were to Google search lyrics that a computer would think that a love song would be for humans. Yeah. I find no absolution in my rational point of view. This line is in a love song. Okay, how? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like artificial intelligence writing a love song. What if Neil is actually a robot? Oh, buddy. What if Neil is Knight Rider? What if Knight Rider got out oh, of the a, car? You're talking about the car, yeah, out the of actual a, car, out of a car into a Canadian. It could happen. Get out of my car. <laughs> Get into my Neil. What if it's true? People believe a lot of weird shit. I'm just saying that these lyrics sound exactly like what a robot would say. YYZ, that song, it's an instrumental. They were finally like, Neil, please, dude, buddy, just let us have one where you don't come in, pull a Morrissey and take a huge dump all over the music <laughs> that we came up with. YYZ, by the way, is how you're supposed to say this song and how fans say it, and it's another Neil Peart thing. Whatever. Yeah, YYZ is a perfect example of Rush trying to sound like King Crimson. The King Crimson album, Red and maybe Discipline, were out at the time that this came out. Go listen to those King Crimson albums and then come back and check this out. Tell me who's better. Tell me who it's obvious one band heard the other one. Sure. And, all right, we can't end without talking about the song Tom Sawyer. It's no question Rush's biggest song. Lyrically also falls in line now that you know the themes that underline Rush. So after all the lyrics that we've talked about, the part in this song, love and life are deep, maybe as his skies are wide, it almost sounds sarcastic at this point. Mm -hmm. For him to, first of all, for the word love to even be in a Rush song at this point seems fucking weird, unless it's like, love yourself. I don't know. <laughs> Jerk off every day. It's the only way you're going to feel good about anything. This like positive, maybe that line could have come from someone else in the band. Can right. we please say something nice <laughs> in a song? Neil, please use, at least use regular words. I'm not getting invited to parties because of this shit. Yeah, yeah. People think I'm an asshole because of you. We've got to say nice things in our songs Maybe sometimes. Maybe Getty recorded multiple versions with different lyrics and they didn't tell Neil that they had actually changed the lyrics until it was released or something. Musically, this is the era of Rush when they added a keyboard to the band and it sounded so totally different, which it really didn't at all. Did that sound any different? If anything, it added a more complexity to their live show, which they could never do. No, they could do it, but it's because of how simple all these parts are. If you listen to the synth parts, it's always chasing the root note or right. the bass part will be chasing the root note while one thing is doing the other thing. All the synth parts are very simplistic. They're just there as texture. They're not there as they would be there if they added a member of the band who knew how to play that instrument and it right. was only their job to play that instrument yeah yeah these sounds would be in these songs in an entirely different way this quote-unquote power trio isn't cutting it we need more sounds to cover up the fact that this shit all sounds the same so now we need this like bow <laughs> 
What? Yeah. Guys. That, that, that song sounds like it was written by a robot, too. The whole thing. They might as well have added a theremin to the lineup. Yeah. It just sounds so dry and cold. The song is very cold. Dun, 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 yeah, dun. It's, it's so simple. Go listen to the song Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin and imagine that riff played at various speeds, backwards and forwards. You know, put that riff in a blender and every guitar riff from Alex Lifeson is that add Adrian Ballou's solos. We're fucking done here. I don't, we, <laughs> we don't need to get into the time signatures. No one fucking cares how difficult it is to play this shit. All yeah. that is, is a bigger barrier for you to put up and say, only some people get this. Only some people like it. That's why it's good. Writing songs that aren't in quarter time is for assholes who have to make up their own games to feel like they're winning them. It's too complicated for you. You don't get it. It's not too complicated. It's, I don't think it's complicated at all. I I like King Crimson. Sure. I like the band. Yes. Close to the Edge by Yes is a fucking great song. Sure. Especially if you get hired to DJ somewhere and turns out you got to take a dump. Throw that shit on. <laughs> you're good for like 15 minutes at least. And nobody's going to be bummed. No, because it's badass. You throw on a 20 minute rush song and everyone's annoyed. Everyone will rush out of the bar. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and Tom Sawyer was not a warrior, as is rhymed in the song. He was kind of a little son-of-a-bitch troublemaker, if we're going to go there. But don't forget, catch the mist, catch the myth, catch the mystery, catch the drift. If your favorite band is Rush, your favorite band sucks. You are so welcome for this episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. No, really, it was our pleasure. Anything we can do. Oh, well, if you insist on returning the favor, you could rate and review the show wherever you listened. Since we know you had a great time, go ahead and give us five stars and definitely subscribe if you haven't already. If you didn't like the show, well, there are so many people who must agree with you instead of us, right? You better go to yfbspod.com. Get a link to this episode, post it all over your social media, and all your friends will come reassure you that we don't know what we're talking about. While you're at the website, hit our merch store and buy something, you capitalist scum. Uh, <laughs> let's see. If you're an Ayn Rand fan, shut the fuck up. If you're Canadian, shut the fuck up. If you're Neil Peart, bro, we're begging you to shut the fuck up. If you don't like Journey or Sticks or Molly Hatchet, shut the fuck up. When in doubt, shut the fuck up. You know, maybe your day will get better. Or at least no worse. We went ahead and did y'all a huge favor this episode by showing you how to spot the biggest assholes in the comments. All you gotta do is look for the idiots calling us stupid for not knowing how to say Neil Pert's name. Hey, maybe we are stupid. I'll admit, that's a pretty juvenile joke. But if we're stupid, then what does it say about these assholes? Couldn't make it 20 minutes without A, deciding they've made up their minds enough to B, comment on it after hearing less than half of it. Ladies who listen to Rush, we know you exist. All 10 of you sending us an email about it isn't going to change the fact that there are only 10 of you, but thank you for listening. One correction for this episode, which isn't even really a correction, because if you listen back with the knowledge that we both feel this way, it's pretty obvious that we never realized it might need to be explicitly stated. But yeah, Rush is not a prog band, because they're not good enough to be a prog band. Listening back to this episode, it was kind of funny. There's a part where, for no reason, I just drag Phil Collins into this and start shit-talking him. Whoever got mad about that, I'm sorry. Give me a couple weeks, I'm gonna make 